Hello, Velo News listeners. This is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News, coming at you with another Velo News Tech podcast. And today we are going to be talking about something that is uh, sort of confusing to a lot of people. Now, it, frame geometry can be tricky. Uh, it, it, a lot of changes uh, in, in various angles of the frame tuning can have a pretty significant impact about how your bike handles. So today, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I cite pretty often in my reviews, which is uh, a term called trail. And it occurred to me that maybe a lot of people don't know what trail is. Uh, so I wanted to get in touch with somebody who's sort of an expert in frame geometry uh, and specifically talk about what trail is and how it affects the handling of your bicycle. So today, uh, we are calling all the way to Switzerland to speak with Stefan Christ, who is the head of R&D at BMC Switzerland. And Stefan is here today to talk a little bit about what affects the handling of your bicycle uh, and specifically what trail is and how it affects the way you dive into corners or climb or steer through the Peloton. Uh, Stefan, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Hello. Uh, so let's let's dive right in. Uh, let's start with the easy, basic question. What is trail? Well, trail is a measurement that you can basically not measure on the bike, but uh, I think we can all understand how it's measured. So it's basically the distance between where your front wheel uh, contacts with the ground to the projection of the steering axle on the ground. So uh, that's basically how, how you would measure it. So it's kind of a virtual measurement. Mm -hmm. So often it's uh, measured on, on drawings or pictures. Uh, yeah. So basically, if you had drawn a straight line through your head tube all the way to the ground and then measured the distance between where that line contacts the ground and where your tire contacts the ground, that measurement between those two spots, that's essentially your trail figure, correct? Exactly. Okay. How, how does trail affect a bicycle's handling? Why is this number even important? The trail number is uh, describing how nimble or how stable uh, a bike rides. So the bigger the trail number, the more stable is the handling, and the smaller the trail number, the more nimble uh, the bike is riding. That's... That's in brief, there is other aspects that influence how a bike handles, but uh, when you take big or small trail, this is uh, yeah, what you will get. Mm -hmm. So essentially, the bigger the number, that means that there's a longer distance between uh, the angle of your head tube and where your tire is contacting the ground, and that will make for stable steering because it's a little bit longer, whereas... If those points are closer together, you get more reactive steering. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. So other terms that we've heard in relation to handling, uh, another term is fork rake. Uh, why are bicycles forks raked? And uh, how does that affect uh, the trail figure? So the fork rake is basically the offset of the front axle to the steering axle of the fork. And basically we use the offset or the fork rake to actually get to this trail uh, number. So to get to the effect that the front wheel is 
trailing behind the steering axis. And it's the same here. Basically, you can achieve trail through through different ways, but uh, in the, briefly, you can say if you increase basically the fork offset, you decrease your trail, and if you decrease the offset, you increase your trail. Okay, so fork rake is essentially a way to control your trail uh, so that you can customize how the steering works. Yes, together with the head tube angle. Mm -hmm. um, so head tube angle plus uh, fork rake is defining the trail. Okay. And what other, what other things can affect your trail? Like, can, for example, can your tire and wheel size, can that affect your trail? Can that increase or decrease trail? Yes, yes. The wheel diameter also has a has an influence, and I would say historically it was not considered as very important on road bikes because all the wheels had, I would say, fairly similar diameters. But today, with uh, much bigger tires, uh, even if you go further and look into gravel bikes, it's definitely uh, a parameter that. Uh, influence the the trail value uh, much bigger than in the past. So when you're when you're designing a bike at BMC, uh, you know any bike, a mountain bike, a road bike, or a gravel bike, is there a, a like sort of a sweet spot for trail, or does it vary pretty significantly based on what type of bike you're making? It is varying, but for instance, for a road racing bicycle like our T-Machine, we choose uh, 62 millimeter, which if you look at racing bikes in, in general, it's a fairly uh, big trail, but this is on purpose and it's uh, the best uh, balance we found for this kind of product. Um, overall, the range I would say on, on road bikes is somewhere between 54 and 63 so our bikes they have rather long trail but uh, this is the kind of handling that we are looking for uh-huh and that's pretty interesting because you know the the team machine which i'm actually currently riding and and just did a review uh on vela news and you can you can probably google that right now actually um it's 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 a great bike and i i really enjoy it uh but you're right it's it's got a very long trail figure uh, for an all-around uh, bike, you know, for example, like a, a specialized S-Works Tarmac, that's in the range of like 56 or maybe even shorter than that. It's a really uh, short trail. And these two bikes ride very differently. You know, the, the S-Works is very uh, reactive and quick in the front end, which is perfect for certain riders. But the BMC, uh, the T-Machine, uh, tends to be a little bit more stable, like you said, and that took some getting used to for me. I, you know, I got on it and I sort of expected, okay, this is going to be an all-around bike. It's going to be, you know, really twitchy is is the term we often use uh, for for bikes that are quick steering, which sounds pejorative, but really isn't. Um, this bike's a lot more stable, which for somebody like me who spends a lot of time uh, sprinting or, or putting in hard efforts, actually is is quite nice. Now. Why exactly did you guys choose uh, that sort of handling over a more reactive feel? Was it was there rider feedback coming at you from the pros, or was it just something you guys decided was going to make a better race bike in general? 
No, definitely the feedback from the from the team over the years uh, influenced what the geometry of the team machine today is. And uh, I think there's another factor, which is today on, I would say, high-end premium bikes, we often see uh, deep section wheels, which uh, influence the steering as well. And our testing just showed that uh, we like the longer trail or the 62 millimeter trail more than uh, the bikes which have a shorter trail. So it's kind of, I would say, team feedback, but also our own uh, testing with the match to the latest uh, developments on the on the wheel side. And that's interesting. Let's talk a little bit about that. How how could the deeper wheels uh, affect the handling? What is it that you decided about deeper section wheels that made a longer trail more appropriate? Overall, I think the the bigger wheels, they are much more sensitive to changing winds. I mean, that's purely by the side uh, surface. Even if uh, the wheels get more predictable in this sense through those new uh, rim profiles, but still you have to uh, counter a much bigger steering force. And to actually not always have to do that when the wind is changing, a uh, more stable race bike uh, geometry, I think, helps to make you ride uh, more relaxed. Mm -hmm. So basically, I mean, we've all kind of had that moment where a good gust of wind hits us from the side and all of a sudden you have to you have to fight your front end. So this is essentially to counter that feeling. It's it's it, it's more of a planted feel, basically. Yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that brings up, and you've already sort of answered this question to an extent, uh, you know, based on technology, but how has bicycle design as it relates to trail changed over the last decade? Uh, you know, we see some companies are going with a smaller trail and some are going longer. How, why are those changes happening? Is it, is it simply because of new technology that's available or was there some sort of aha moment where people you know designers said oh we're doing this wrong and we need to figure out a better way to do it if you look in the big picture actually the the trail values didn't change much over the time so i still think we are at the beginning of of exploring maybe new grounds also with going in new kind of road bikes like gravel bikes and things like that so i think what we see today is still based on i would say you can you can call it history or experience i think uh, it's it's was always in in those ranges of course there has been uh, in prototype level uh, different approaches but when we look at the commercial range of uh, road bikes i think we are still within a, a tight range that is the same for the last uh, 20 years. But uh, it's clear that the equipment, I mean, inertia of wheels, but also, as I said, uh, the side surface of the wheels is changing. And we also have to admit that there is other components like whatever you bolt on the handlebar that could be hydraulic shift levers, uh, all those things that basically rotate around the steering axle, they have an influence on how a bike uh, is steering. And uh, I think we are uh, always trying to optimize the whole system. And I think that's, that's part of it. And in the end, it's also, we have to say a little bit, uh, 
what the rider likes. I mean, there is riders who like something uh, very nimble, twitchy, uh, other like it stable. On our side, we think no matter which bike we do, we prefer uh, to give a feeling of safety to the rider that he can ride uh, comfortably and also with, with confidence. That's mm-hmm. why we go overall, I think, on all our bikes for rather stable uh, geometry. Sure. I want to take a quick step back. Uh, you mentioned inertia, and uh, another pretty uh, commonly misunderstood uh, term that, that we at VeloNews have actually used in some of our reviews is uh, the moment of inertia. Can you explain just briefly what that means? Basically, um, the further out you have a mass when something is rotating, uh, that could be a wheel that is constantly uh, rotating, or that could also be everything that is hanging somewhere around uh, the steering axle. The the further out the mass uh, is, and the bigger this mass, the higher the inertia uh, is. And what it means, uh, basically... Uh, technically that in the end in order to turn whether it's a wheel or whether it's the steering axle the higher the inertia the more force you need to to turn whatever is rotating right okay so basically when you hear the if for our listeners here uh when you hear the term moment of inertia what that means is uh that's the force essentially that you need to overcome to get your wheels or whatever else is rotating uh that's the force you need to get your wheels going. So when, for example, when 29er uh, bikes hit the scene, there were a lot of complaints that they were very slow to accelerate. And that's because 29ers had a bigger moment of inertia than a 26 inch wheel because there was more weight on the outside of the wheels. So all that mass on the outside of your rims, you needed to put in more force to get them to rotate. And that means that they had a higher moment of inertia. So that's another factor when you're considering things like handling and reactivity of a bike. Which brings me to my next question, Stefan. You know, with with trail, you know, we started this conversation about what is trail and how that affects a bike's handling. But it sounds like there's actually a lot of things that go into determining how a bike handles, not just the trail. What are some of the other factors besides, now we've talked about moment of inertia, we've talked about trail. What other geometry decisions do you make in a bicycle uh, that can affect how it handles? If you look at geometry, I think it's mainly the, the wheelbase that has an effect. And within that, also the, the split between uh, rear center or chainstay lengths and, and front center. So where your bottom bracket sits within uh, between the two wheels, this has uh, definitely an influence from a geometry point of view. And uh, then on the frame, um, I think one of the, the key values that is responsible for how a bike handles is the, the torsional stiffness of the front triangle. So uh, the, the less uh, basically the the front triangle deforms under a steering uh, steering action. The more precise uh, is the handling, the more direct. That's also something that is influencing the the feeling a lot. That's interesting because we often talk about stiffness in frames as 
uh, an influence on pedaling responsiveness, not not so much handling. That's interesting to think that uh, the way a frame deforms when you steer, like for example, if you lean into a corner and that frame flexes more than another, that could mean that your your handling feels more languid or slow. Uh, whereas a stiffer frame might feel like it's got tighter steering, even if it has a slightly longer trail. Does that, does that sound right? That's correct. I think you can have a bike with a long trail and a soft uh, frame. And uh, basically a bike which has a short trail and a very stiff frame. And uh, they would they would definitely feel completely different, and it's it's overlapping uh, effects. So, so then that brings up another question. One of the common things that we we talk about with frame geometry when we talk about how a bike handles is not only wheelbase but also chainstay length. Uh, and I feel like a lot of a lot's been made about chainstay length. Uh, you know, we want shorter chainstays, and that helps with reactivity. Why would a shorter chain stay help a bike handle any better? The main reason, I think, is the weight distribution uh, that you have. I mean, first of all, whatever you cut on the rear end is influencing the wheelbase. So I think it's pretty obvious that the shorter wheelbase makes uh, your bike uh, twisting faster. Um, but also the distribution, how how much weight you have on the front and on the rear wheel is, is heavily influenced where your, your bottom bracket sits between the axle. So um, typically um, when you have shorter chain stays, you have more weight on the rear wheel, which uh, makes, I would say, the, the front wheel um, yeah, less heavy <laughs> on the ground. So uh, you can, you can uh, twist and turn it uh, faster. I want to I want to take another step back uh, to something we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, you mentioned that your tire size and your wheel size can change your trail. Uh, I want to talk about an example of that. So we we know that tires now on the roadside are getting much wider. How does that? So if I if I get a bike that comes stock with seven hundred by twenty five C tires, and I bump up to a seven hundred by twenty eight. C tire. What does that do to my trail? The bigger the wheel diameter is, uh, the more you will increase the trail. So um, you will already by the, by the increasing trail number, you will make the bike more stable. But I think another effect that is even making increasing the stability is that typically a bigger tire is heavier. So goes back to the to the inertia so uh, definitely bigger tires uh, i think not only they feel more comfortable but they also make the bikes uh, typically more stable but this this can be very minimal but i think we can all we can all feel it mm -hmm. and that's that's important to bring up because you know when we talk about wider tires and, and again at Bell news we've we've made a, a point of this is you know, the wider tire makes a different uh, shape of contact patch on the ground. And that uh, is actually better for rolling resistance. But when you increase your tire width, you're actually also increasing the diameter of your tire, or excuse me, of your wheel. So you, it, it becomes essentially taller. 
and that will affect your trail. Uh, and not only that, you're increasing the weight, like Stefan said, and that increases the moment of inertia, and that's the force you need to overcome to get your bike rolling. So there's sort of a trade-off there. So there's, there's lots of different things you can do to affect not only your trail, but the overall handling feel of your, your bike. Now, Stefan, we, we talked, uh, for those of you listening, this is actually the second time Stefan and I have talked because I goofed up and failed to hit record last time we spoke. So we've, we've sort of been through this conversation once. And the last time we spoke, Stefan, we talked a little bit about somebody who perhaps has uh, a bike that's a couple of years old and they're, they're sitting there going, boy, I wish, I wish my, my handling was a little bit more stable. Is there anything they can do to, uh, increase the stability of their front end without having to go and get a new bike with a longer trail? Yeah, without touching the frame and the fork, I think there's uh, there's two things. So one, what you already discussed uh, just before, is uh, working with uh, bigger tires, maybe a little bit more uh, rotational mass. Um, then you can also work with whatever else is hanging on this steering axis. So for instance, stiffness of the stem has an impact on, on the handling. Um, but also, let's say, uh, the shifters uh, that you run, typically they are pretty far from the steering axle. And um, I mean, it's not something that you, you choose as a tuning parameter, but uh, the weight of, of your uh, shift brake levers has an influence. So I would say if, if I would have to address uh, or want to do a change on my existing bike, I think I would try with the wheels and tires. And uh, if I have a stem that is, let's say, particularly uh, soft or particularly stiff, I think there is also definitely differences that influence the steering behavior in one or the other direction. So if you want a steering that is more precise, um, then I think it's, it's a good choice to go for a, for a heavier stem that is really stiff. If you are looking for a bike handling that's a little bit more stable or forgiving, then a super light, softer stem can actually already bring what you're looking for. Interesting. So, so you would start, obviously, with tires and wheels, and then from there, the stem. That's interesting. Uh, I, I had actually would, would have thought that the handlebar would have been uh, a more important upgrade to make in that case. But the st you're saying the stem's stiffness actually has a pretty significant effect. Yes, yes, that's that's at least what we what we find uh, on our bikes. Maybe it's also because it's easier to change than the handlebar. Right. Purely from a from a handling perspective, it's easier to explore uh, different things. And um, yeah, that's maybe why I did not mention handlebar. But overall, stiffnesses and weight distribution around the, the steering axle is influencing it, uh, or can be used for fine tuning. I would say like that. Yeah, and and a stem seems like a pretty low risk uh, change to make. I mean, you're not gonna stems don't really have a different feel per se. They just have a different effect on the bike. So it's sort of a low risk upgrade to make. Uh, whereas handlebars, not only are they expensive, but they all feel different. There's you know different drops, different angles. So it's definitely and plus you have to remove your bar tape, remove your levers. It's sort of a production. So you know changing out your stem. 
is kind of a quick and easy way to figure out if, uh, if that affects your trail. Uh, probably even easier than that is changing out your tires. Uh, but then you get into things like, uh, as Stefan said, you know, your shifters, all that weight that's on the outside of your bars. Again, that increases your moment of inertia, uh, which has a bigger effect on handling than perhaps we thought before. I mean, it's easy to think about trail as this one number that dictates what your bike is going to do when you turn those bars, but that certainly isn't the case. There's so many other things. Now, that brings up another point. A lot of us out here listening, and, and this is me included, uh, we ride road bikes, we ride gravel bikes, we ride mountain bikes, we even ride commuter bikes. Does uh, Do different styles of bicycles benefit from longer or shorter trail figures? Uh, and I think you know the answer to that is pretty obvious. I mean, uh, clearly what's good for one bike isn't going to be good for another. But is there sort of a rule of thumb? Like, do mountain bikes ha- always have longer trail figures? Uh, do gravel bikes always have, you know, shorter trail figures? Uh, what are sort of the rules of thumb there? Yeah, I think you you named one of the of the extremes, and I think we can always say mountain bikes have uh, significant longer trail figures than road bikes. And maybe on the other side of the spectrum, the, the bikes with the shortest uh, trail figures are probably the bikes that, uh, that are ridden on the track or criterium uh, racing bikes. Mm-hmm. I think this is kind of the, the spectrum. I think with gravel, we will still see how they, how they will position themselves. I think the, the designs that we see out there, they are actually very close to the road bikes, but who knows whether in uh, one or two years this is developing more in the direction of where we are with, uh, let's call it, mountain bike hardtails. So I think that's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, where is the, the gravel bikes uh, going with the trail? Like always, there is there is pros and cons for longer, shorter trail. Uh, in the end, we are exploring a lot in this direction, also because... We definitely see that uh, what we what we know, for instance, as a Belgium cyclocross bike, is basically a road bike from a trail perspective, and it's definitely not the most confident, inspiring ride that you can get uh, off road. So I think there's a lot to to explore, and uh, it's really going to be interesting yeah. with with the gravel bikes. As a as an engineer who's who's currently you know in the throes of developing new products, is that a pretty exciting thing to be a part of a new uh, category of bicycles as they're evolving? I think that's all, that's that's what is driving us in, in general. And uh, some of those categories like gravel, they are, they are very uh, obvious. And I think uh, since it's rather new and recent i think everyone is, is, is curious to see where it's going and it's it's developing a lot and i think it's pretty predictable to say that what we have today maybe in two three years will be slightly different but um, i mentioned before on the road bikes the the arrival of uh, deep section wheels um i think did not change the bike geometry as much as it, it could have been so it's also exciting in a in an area where we consider as uh, developed to still uh, look into those things and uh, 
try maybe what has not not yet been tried just by either um, not having time or not thinking about it so i think that's that's our current uh, our current challenge and it's more easy to work on the things that are trendy and and very obvious than improving what we all consider as well developed and established but Things are changing, so uh, we should, from time to time, also uh, questions question again what what was established a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier, and uh, this is sort of a, a, a thirty thousand foot question. Uh, you mentioned earlier that the trail figures uh, on road on the roadside haven't really changed all that much over the last ten to fifteen years. It's uh, yeah, they haven't drastically changed anyway. But the way bicycles look uh, have sort certainly changed. And, you know, we talked about trail. We talked about deep section wheels. One of the more uh, obvious signs of change in bicycle design is the dropped seat stays. Uh, they don't meet at the junction with the top tube anymore. Uh, well, some do, of course. But, you know, the team machine from BMC is actually a great example of this. The the seat stays uh, do not meet the seat tube at the junction with the top tube. It's it's lower than that. Is that a, a function of, uh, is that a handling decision? Is it an aero decision? Is it a comfort decision? Why are we seeing that now? I can only speak for, for BMC, and uh, it was, was clearly coming out of a need for more uh, comfort or vertical compliance. So I think we introduced this um, almost 10 years ago with the uh, uh, T-Machine uh, back in the days, what we, co- what we called tuned compliance concept, so TCC, that was a big part of it. So by lowering the seat stay attachment point on the C-tube, basically you have free, a longer free bending length for the seat post which makes your ride uh, much more compliant. Mm-hmm. And also the frame gets much more compliant in the, in the vertical direction. And I think we kind of started uh, this trend and just recently we have seen that uh, there is more and more brands uh, adopting uh, this way. And I think it's, it's an obvious uh, performance benefit to have uh, road bikes that provide more comfort, yet still being uh, stiff in the areas where you need uh, either a power transfer or what we what we named earlier, the, the steering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that, that those drop seat stays are actually, there's, there's not really, it's not done for aerodynamic benefit, which is something we often see kicked around on the internet. Theoretically, I think we could say, yes, the seat stays, they get shorter if they are lower. So they have less exposed areas, area to the wind. So it should be more aerodynamic as well. But uh, in the big picture, we can say uh, on a bicycle, whatever happens uh, behind the rotating legs has a minor aerodynamic uh, effect. Right. So... One of the things that strikes me about the conversation we've just had, which started off as a conversation about trail, which is a specific uh, geometry decision, uh, 
but then it, the, our conversation branched off into so many other regions of geometry and bike design. So for me, the ultimate takeaway here is uh, that trail is is one thing that affects handling, but it is not the thing that affects handling. There are so many other decisions uh, bike designers are making to affect both handling, responsiveness, comfort, and it's all in a way tied together. You can increase your trail figure, but maybe you need to decrease your chainstay length or you know, if you increase that trail figure, you need to increase this, the lateral stiffness of the main triangle. So I think when we're looking at bicycles, uh, we, we tend to think of them as consumers in very simplistic terms. Oh, a longer trail figure, that's going to be a slow steering bike or a shorter trail figure. That's going to be a really uh, whippy, fun bike. Uh, but there's so many other factors that can contribute to uh, how a bike handles and responds to your pedaling forces, your steering forces. And I think uh, what Stefan brought up today uh, is are all great tools for us to sort of think about how a bike handles, particularly in things like uh, movement of inertia, which is probably not something we all wake up thinking about in the morning. Uh, but when you go into that bike shop, it's interesting to think about how those forces are affecting your ride. So Stefan, first of all, thank you for, for clarifying a lot of these terms for us and giving us a more holistic view of, of geometry as it relates to, uh, to bicycle design. Is there anything we missed that we didn't talk about, about specifically about trail uh, and bike handling? No, I think maybe I can just add the comment that uh, a lot of this is also personal preference. And as human beings, we are maybe the most adaptive machine. So I think the... We all get used to whatever we ride and uh, whatever you change, I think the change is going to be the most obvious uh, in the moment you did the change. And after that, you, you get used to. I think that's, that's overarching in the big picture, something that we should not forget. That's a, that's a good takeaway for the end of our podcast. Probably the biggest uh, effect on your bike's handling is you. <laughs> so that makes things a little easier, right? <laughs> Stefan, thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And for all you Velo News listeners, if you've got any questions or comments about this particular podcast today, uh, or if you've got suggestions for topics you would like me to cover in the future on this podcast, please do comment on Facebook or tweet at me at Brown Tie Dan. And of course, you can tweet at Vela News as well. Uh, and thank you for listening today. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>